it's got to be pretty bad somewhere to be having a conversation about midseason transfers. And right now, we might have to be pretty good to avoid that conversation. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know we're available on every single podcasting platform visually as well on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at State. Is this another mass exodus situation? It's terrible that you're already having this conversation early into the season. Right. And and sometimes, you know, things get thrown around and you never really know what's exactly going on. But I think that if this is, if this is a conversation that needs to be had, what we do in Ames, Iowa is going to dictate a lot of what this future conversation looks like. Like if you take somebody like uh, like like our main man, BP. Burn Presley, for example, if you know he's already transferring after the, the season and he knows he's already transferring after the season, it could reach a point where it's more advantageous for him financially, fiscally, and responsibility-wise to maybe just start preparing for the next chapter in life. So if there's already a plan set forth or the availability of a plan set forth for particular individuals, especially on the offensive side of the ball, then yes, you could see the discontent nature in which this is this is going by. And if you have too much discontent stuff in your life, make sure you check out Jace Medical. We're brought to you by them today. It is important to get ahead of life in general and to be able to take care of yourself and your family. But this Exodus conversation, it's not as massive from what I'm hearing as what you're reading, right? It's not like we're going to have a situation where 15, 25 dudes are ready to go. But if we looked completely inept, once again, in Ames, Iowa, there are some guys on the offensive side of the ball that um, could very well start looking at a future business decision as opposed to viewing any more trips like a business trip. Hopefully that's the angle that we take. This is a business trip. You need to establish some continuity on the offensive line. You need to establish the run game. Stop talking about what we need to do. We know what we need to do. We see it too. If you know that we need to establish a run game, then we should find a way to do so. Does it have to be under center? No. Are we going to go under center all that often? Probably not. But some is better than none. Progression is better than regression. And it's hard to progress if you don't even have enough aggressive tendencies inside your dudes to do it. So this is a personal challenge, in my opinion, to every player on the field and every coach on the staff. This is an opportunity for response, right? So we could see some excellent play out of a handful of guys. Heck, we could see some excellent play calling. We might be shooting for the moon, but these things are possible. And this is kind of what we need to see in Ames, Iowa, 
for us to continue to stay afloat, right? This is going to be a week-by-week trial. It's unfortunate, but it's a situation that we have put ourselves in, right? If guys come to Oklahoma State or come back to Oklahoma State predicated upon, you know, some particular things happening and not happening, even if you don't think that it's the greatest time to do X, Y, or Z, maybe you should give it a go. Maybe you should give it a shot. We can't afford to lose a lot anyways, right? Last season, everybody's default was injuries. This season, we're, we're not having that issue. So that cannot be the, the, the excuse this season. Can a coaching staff completely flip the script and turn this thing around very quickly? It's going to be difficult. Because, again, once you lose a locker room, you can't really get them back. The locker room is not lost. They're still crapped on a hope. It's one loss, and we look pretty rough. But from the O-line perspective, right? Um, you know, Sam Mays and Josh Fields were, were talking about this to some degree as well, that you do get used to certain cadences and, and things of that nature, but that jump, that get off from the offensive linemen, they are listening for audible cues on when they can go. And offensively, you do want to make sure that you go first. Obviously, the defense can't move to the ball moves. So when the ball moves, the offense is always going to be going first. So having some reliability, dependability, continuity in knowing what you're doing down low, of course, it's going to be a good thing. And if we can somehow, right, piece this game together, that's three W's going into a bye week. We could shock the world and beat K-State. Highly unlikely. I get it. But just like we talked about yesterday, the idea that we don't have enough talent to compete for the top half of the Big 12 is pretty ridiculous. And let's face it, last year the Big 12 was kind of, you know, the, the juggernaut of... Every single week was a war. This season might be the same, but the war at the bottom half of the Big 12 might look a lot like the bottom half of the Big 10 and the bottom half of the SEC's battles. I mean, they don't typically mean a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, there's some teams down there that can give you a run for your money. There's some teams down there that can make life very difficult for you. You know, making life difficult and finding a way to pull out the W, those, unfortunately, are two different things. This is about a trajectory. This is about setting the bar for what we're going to be doing coming into the bye week. Of course, you want to see a quarterback separate themselves on this on this one so the O-linemen can get that the continuity for the verbal cues and they can get that instantaneous jump. That in and of itself should help the run game. If we got Jake Springfield back, if he can hold up a right tackle, Dalton Cooper's more comfortable at left tackle, we can move Preston Wilson the inside and play guard, which allows Taylor Materko to just kind of be a rover to fill in when necessary as opposed to, um, you know, all-day, everyday starter. But there's a lot of life-saving measures that we can take. It's, it's unfortunate that this is a Super Bowl. But every week now for us is a Super Bowl. 
Never thought we'd be saying at any point in time in the spring or the fall uh, that we'd be having a Super Bowl with Iowa State just for grabbing some some hope left for the season. Speaking of hope, uh, let's go over the, the schedule as well as the Big 12 slate. What we know about some of the Big 12 teams, what we know about ourselves, how it stacks up, and what is what is a little bit different. But real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to let you guys know that Jace Medical is something that allows you to always be prepared, right? It gives you the ability to care for yourself, care for somebody else, loved ones during unexpected times. Jace Medical handles everything from the online evaluation uh, to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and, and care from there. I mean, you all know my, my thing here. I waited too long. Uh, I pulled the the old the old the man card is I'm going to wait until the limb's falling off before I go to the hospital. Don't do that. It's ridiculous. Living without a limb, it's not super fun. But it, it, it's very simplistic. And with storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, the supply chain crap fest issues, we need to be prepared now more than ever. Realistically speaking, you got to go online, fill out the form, and then uh, you get a prescription. Life-saving medications right to your door. Jace Medical is simple, and it gives you the peace of mind that you need to know that you're not just hoping that you have access to stuff, especially in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the opportunities and the medications in hand. You can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at your checkout. JaceMedical.com, that is J-A-S-E, medical.com. You should all be available empowered and able to help yourself and your family regardless of the situation jace medical can help you do that all right so for the big 12 uh slant coming into the season a lot of people had texas tech pretty high at least texas tech in the conversation to to make a stir at the top and mistakes have killed them it hasn't been a talent issue per se. It hasn't been a roster management or play calling style of issue for the most part. You could argue that Tyler Shuck's not the right guy, that you know, Baron Morton may be a little bit better, a little bit more elusive, a little bit more capable, but you can have the same conversation about Oklahoma State. You cannot have uh, you know anything negative, unfortunately, to say at the moment for the most part about OU. They seem pretty squared away. Texas beat Bama. Texas isn't back, and Bama's not the same Bama, but it's still a pretty big win. So let's go over some of the uh, some of the guys, and then we'll talk about how it affects us in our schedule. We just talked about OU. Uh, they have Cincinnati, first conference game of the year for them. Of course, since he's going to be fired up for this one, it's at Nippert Stadium in Ohio. OU has to go on the road. Here's what we know about Cincinnati. they got a very powerful offense. It seems to be a pretty suspect defense. OU, you don't you don't really know. I think you could say likewise because SMU hung around a little bit there. Uh, so OU's defense may have some some questions. If both teams play to their strengths, it could be a shootout. And if Cincinnati gets super hot and they force some turnovers, it could get interesting. But you got to figure OU likely has this one in hand. You have SMU, TCU. TCU's got to get it done, man. They've got to get it done. They haven't looked great, and you saw that. 
SMU-OU game, so you have a, a pretty good barometer, hopefully, for what it could be. Arguably, probably the biggest game of the Big 12 slate is BYU at KU. What do we know about BYU? They're a resilient bunch. It's not always pretty, but they're going to win ball games. They're going to make life difficult on you. KU, offensive creativity, innovation is off the charts. It's fun to watch. The uniform game is, is stepped up as well. They've got some depth offensively, defensively. They're not they're not as bad as last year, but you don't know exactly what you get. BYU seems to want to slug it out. KU is going to be able to put up some points. So if KU gets up big, BYU is going to have a hard time. If BYU can find a way to keep it ugly, keep it close, you know they could find themselves getting a dub. Otherwise, you're looking at a four and KU squad. Texas, Taco, Reckham, Tech at Morgantown, West Virginia. The Mountaineers are feeling good about themselves, as they should. They played Penn State pretty good. The score is not indicative of what the game actually looked like. Um, You know, the the, the quarterback situation seems to be a little bit back and forth. It looks like it's going to be Nico Marchio with with, uh, Garrett Green not being able to maybe even rotate. But a lot of West Virginia fans think it's just time to move to Nico Markiel, especially now that Garrett Green's got an injury. If he's going to be the future, let's just let's just see what it is. Um, obviously, our our game in Ames, Iowa, Iowa State. What do we know about the Cyclones? Much like the Cowboys, their offense is not very good, or at least it doesn't look very good. They look far more suspect than we do in regards to having enough playmakers to get something done. They're in a somewhat similar quarterback situation, not necessarily rotational, but struggle-wise. Rocco Becht was not ready to play this season, much like Garen Gale was not ready to play much last season. But he's here. He's in this situation. It is what it is. It could be a slugfest. Or we could test that defense. From a statistical perspective, we should win this game. Sam Houston, Houston. Sam Houston is not bad. Houston's got to get it done. What do we know about Houston? Not much. Right? It's the same Houston. They can pop up and beat anybody, and then they can fall apart and lose to that, that same somebody. It's just it's just the nature of the beast at Houston. It's the nature of the beast under the fighting Dana's. Then you have number three in the country, Texas, at Baylor. Baylor was able to hang tough for a while with Utah. Uh, they got a pretty decent win last weekend. Texas is not as good as people think. Baylor will have an opportunity here. It would be nice to see if maybe one time since it's Texas and it's their their swan song, it's their way out of the door, maybe, just maybe, Baylor will finally get some fan support and McLean Stadium will be rocking for once. Then you have UCFK State. Okay, State. I can't I can't be too mad, right? My my uh, my my betting. My parlays, everything got jacked up by K-State, and Iowa State, and O-State last week. It's just been a, a big thing. But this is what K-State did last year, right? They looked okay, looked pretty good, then dropped a random game that they shouldn't have lost, and then they went all the way to win the Big 12 title. Could that happen again here? Beating UCF will be able to kickstart it. UCF doesn't have John Rice Plumley. That is a problem. Now, the backup is the same dude that played nine games, started nine games for the UCF Bulls last season as a true freshman. So it's not completely lost, but K-State should be able to control this game enough, long enough to get the dub. All right, so now let's look at it 
from our schedule perspective before we jump into some of the stats. Oklahoma State's schedule right now. We know we've got this game coming up in Ames, Iowa. And then, luckily, we get to go back to exploring the blessings or what should be blessings of being at home after the bye week. we got K-State coming to town. Should we beat Iowa State? As we're about to check out statistically, yes, we should. Should we beat Kansas State? Theoretically, the way things are going, no. Should we beat KU? Same. Probably not, even though they're both at home. You would like to say that we'd be able to split those simply because it's at home and maybe the blackout against Kansas State might help a little bit. We got to go to Morgantown, West Virginia. Garrett Green will be healthy by then. Will it still be the Nico Markiel show? Will they still have some glimmer of hope at messing up people's seasons? We shall find out. Homecoming, Cincinnati. Do I think, oh, sorry. Do I think we'll beat West Virginia? It depends on if it's a night game or not. If it's a day game, yes. If it's a night game in Morgantown, probably not. Cincinnati, homecoming. We've got, I think, a pretty good defense. They've got a pretty good offense, so it's going to be strength on strength. If our offense can get a little bit better, we get to dub. If their defense gets better and our offense stays stagnant, we lose on homecoming. Then we have Bedlam, possibly the last Bedlam ever, definitely the last Bedlam for the next 8, 10, 12 years. Right now, no, that's a loss. Uh, UCF, bounce house in Orlando. They'll have John Rice back by then, likely, but they're too deep, should take some hits by this point in time in the season. They'll be beat up a little bit. We should be able to beat them, but if you were just throwing darts at a board right now, you'd say, no, probably a loss. At Houston, yes, we're going to win that game. It should be reminiscent of the Iowa State game, whether it be a pillow fight, rock fight. It'll be a rando fight of some kind. BYU to end the season at home. You know, nah, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I said we we, we sh- should win that game right now. Because, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not supported, not supported at the moment. But, guys, like, whenever you think of how this season has already gone, It's minor, okay, yeah, but there's still some still some hope here. In my opinion, there's still ways that we can get this thing done. We're not in an ideal spot, okay? I think anybody can agree there. But statistically, we should do this, right? Offensively, all right, total, our total offense, not very good, 111th in the country. They're ninth in the country in total defense. Right, so that's going to be uh, difficult to progress the ball down the field. Our rushing offense is 105th in the country. Their rushing defense is 46th. Our passing offense is 93rd in America. They're eighth in the country in shutting down the pass. So we should lean on the run. Um, when you look at the, the punting, kicking, that's pretty pretty dead even. I would say when they have the ball, they're 127th in the country offensively. So they're worse than us. We're 68th, not as cool as their eighth or ninth, but Numerically, we have the advantage here. So our defense should be better than their offense. Their rushing game, not very good. 121st in the country. I know we can't talk a whole lot, but it's worse than ours. Our defense, statistically, should be able to stop them. It didn't look like it against South Alabama. Uh, We kind of look like uh, 
We could be run on by anybody, but we're 99th. They're 101st. We should win this battle. Their passing game, 107th in the country. Our defense of the pass, 43rd in the country. Statistically, this is a W. If you wanna, if you wanna go ahead and throw, you know, three points for Iowa State because it's at home, sure. Even though they miss field goals, we miss field goals. I, we we missed one. So you, you don't always know how how that's going to pan out. But we still have an opportunity to hit the over, lightly tap the over. We're not hammering it anymore because uh, that we're in sketchy land. But again, we can still tap the over. We can still make some money, and if if by some stretch it just doesn't suit your fancy to uh, to get into that side of things, that's fine because you can always get into the NFL action because the NFL season is obviously among us, and this is America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 back in bonus bets. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, trying to get your money game up a little bit, there's no better time. The app is safe, secure, super easy to use. Of course, you know there's a wide range of betting options. Spreads, player props, the over-under, Heisman, futures, conference champions, who's going to score the next drive. It's literally too much fun to not jump into. So go to FanDuel.com slash on and kick off your portion of the money-making NFL season. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Join FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook betting partner and the official partner of the NFL. So, again, if stats lives matter, we can get this dub. If we're going to come out and play with some intensity like this game matters, we should get the dub. I understand our line is bad. Their line is worse. I understand we we couldn't stop running the ball very well, but I still have faith in our running backs. And we got to feed some guys, whether we like it or not. We're in a maybe love them, lose them scenario with a couple dudes. And you don't want to completely, you know, have your game plan revolve around just making things right, quote unquote. But but you do need to give some guys the ball. Absolutely. And if they don't get the ball, and we lose, and we look inept, and we don't have a game plan, the ride back to Ames and the 24 hours after probably got not going to look super pretty. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Another thing that people seem to be back and forth about, um, this is where I, I disagreed with Josh Fields. I know he's got a, a, a propensity to throw a lot of love to Gundy, and I get it. But anybody, anybody that is still saying that Gunnar Gundy should get the start after refusing to start is ridiculous. I mean, what makes us think that if he's not comfortable starting against South Alabama, he should be even comfortable starting for Iowa State. That doesn't even make any sense, especially on the road. Alan Bowman's clearly not the ticket. And I'm not saying that Gunner hasn't looked the best. I think he has. 
for the most part, which is exactly why he was supposed to start South Alabama. But we already rewarded the dude with, you know, six and a half somewhat series. That's not a good look. That doesn't that doesn't galvanize the locker room by any stretch of the imagination. So again, it doesn't have to be a, well, let's make this right and just start Garrett because. No, it doesn't have to be that. But although it's earned for Gunner, it's not deserved. You want your quarterback to have a a cast iron set of cajones. That's what you want. You want a quarterback that is willing to jump into the fire no matter what's going on around him. That's what you want. You want the guy who's willing to just take the mantle and run with it. It might not be Garrett. It might not be Allen. It might be Gunner. But there's a risk and reward to everything. And in my opinion, the risk to starting Gunner in Ames is that you have a mutiny in the locker room. We can't afford that yet. We can't afford that ever. But especially this early in the season, because again, this is exactly the same time frame that all this stuff started going a little sideways in the locker room last year. I mean, you, you could look at the, the tech, Texas Tech game and see some stuff, but okay. You look at the Baylor game, see some stuff, but it's okay. You look at the TCU game, you see where it all fell apart. You can see where it be, started to unravel. We're at that junction right now as we are about to head to Ames, Iowa. Maybe Gundy can afford, you know, the season going completely crap side, upside down. I think some of us are still holding out some hope. There's still some time. There's still some opportunity. We're just working to tap the over. And keep everybody engaged for the remainder of the season. Again, I don't think this is a mass exodus situation, but there's a handful that, yeah, are obviously not happy. I mean, heck, if you're a fan that doesn't even have a player on the team or a grandson on the team or a former player on the team, then it still going to mean something. We're playing for our future here. And every week, it's going to be a new battle. If we can stack a few good battling weeks together, we stand a chance. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one right here. You know I love you. As always, God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So blessed that you choose to be here. All right, y'all. Thank you. Appreciate you. Later, Tata. See you tomorrow.